Hi everybody. Welcome to your podcast opinions wrong. This is this is me, your host Austin. And uh, we've got a packed house here tonight on of course your podcast opinion is wrong. With us on this our thirty fourth episode of your podcast opinion is wrong. We have returning friends Mark. Hello. Alex. Hello. Uh, Robbie. Hello. And uh, making this a uh, a twofer, we have we have Josh returning once again. Twofer? I barely even know her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> stuff. stuff. Oh, Josh, you say the darndest things. What a knee slapper. <laughs> I'm quite literally slapping my knee. Um. <laughs> anyway. 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 Um. Uh, hilarious, uh, you know, uh, cerebral jokes aside, I think we should, we should, we should move on to, um, to what are you listening to? So let's talk about what we're listening to. Hi everybody. Welcome to What Are You Listening To? And we're going to talk about what we've been listening to over the past week. Who would like to go first? Talk about what you're listening to. I will go first. Alex, go. All right. So. Uh, new Ty Seagal album. Yeah. I'm pretty. It, Ty Seagal? I always said Ty Seagal. I don't know what it is. Is it Ty Seagal? Like, <laughs> Ty, Ty Seagal sounds I think like seagulls are like the birds. Or, or like the <laughs> stars, yeah. I think it's Seagal. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably, I, 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 I might Seagal. be wrong. Like the, like the dude who did uh, Superman, Seagull. So uh, Ty Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, yeah, Ty Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> I was um, thinking it's like, you know, like Steven Seagal, you know? Yeah, I think exactly. that's it. All right, well, Ty Seagal, a garage rocker from San Francisco. He has a new album out called Twins. It's his third album out this year. Yeah, Christ, the guy's so prolific, it's insane. He is tying with Guided by Voices, which is quite the achievement. Or or in some cases, non-achievement, as we've discussed, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's really it's a really good record. Um, he writes songs about being crazy, and he plays them really crazily. And it's really cool. Yeah, it's got sort of like a nice sort of like drugged out psychedelic production to it. Very fuzzy garage rock. I enjoy it a lot. I, I like this. Uh, oh, God, what was that? Uh, Goodbye Bread, I think was the name of the album. That's so, the that one with the bloodhound on it, right? Right. Yeah, that was from last year, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. I was actually going to see him with um, White Fences, I think, but I ended up not being able to go. That was his first album out with this year? It yeah, was a- he did his collaboration, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark, did you listen to it? I didn't listen to that one. I've listened to this new one, Twins and Slaughterhouse, which was the second one of this year. My understanding um, is that Slaughterhouse is the aggressive one. Uh, Hair, which is the collab, is the psychedelic one. And then Twins is like the in-between kind of thing. Um, well, yeah, I can't say anything about Hair, but I'd say you're definitely right about uh, Slaughterhouse being the aggressive one. I, I listened to... Sorry. I listen to Slaughterhouse. 
<laughs> go on, Mark. Go on. I, just, I was just going to say, even with the name, it sounds more aggressive. And a crazy album art. Yeah. I listened to Slaughterhouse, like, once, and I meant to come back to it, but I didn't. So I'll probably listen to that again, because I thought it was pretty cool when I listened to it the first time. Yeah, I think uh, Twins is a great record, and I'm it's getting really good reviews, as are all of his albums. And it's kind of cool to see a songwriter sort of uh, at such a prolific point in their career. Yeah, he... Uh... I don't, he uh, he tours a lot, or at least is sort of that sort of new garage scene that's going on. And uh, I know I like a lot of bands in that. Like uh, I think he he was you know sort of down with Jay Retard when he was still around. In the they sort of I guess toured in the same circles. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out there. Like the OCs, I think he he'll he'll play with occasionally. Yeah, uh, one of their members is featured on the album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's really good. The other thing I've been listening to is Yola Tango. Oh, yeah. a classic band. Ooh. Yeah. Yola Tango is one of those bands like Outkast where I feel like... Just stop that comment there. Bach is one of those composers like Gigi Allen who I think... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, those are the two people that should do a collaborative album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, talk about Yola Tango, because I love them. Um, they're one of those bands where it's like, I think they're it's unfair how good they are. Like, I feel bad for other bands, because like, they could be good, but they're not as good as Yola Tango. And they can do it seemingly, with, seemingly without trying, because they've been yeah. doing it for like 20-something years. And, and they've been every great. one of their records is good. Yeah, seriously, they, they don't have a bad album. Which is crazy. What's, uh, what's your favorite, Alex? Um, and then Nothing Turned Itself Inside Out. That's a good choice. That's sort of like the the shoegazy one, like the more noise pop oriented, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I might be thinking of Painful. That one's also shoegazy. Yeah, their um, early records were a lot noisier, I think. Yeah. yeah. I always but, liked um, I'm Not Afraid of You and I Will Beat Your Ass, which I think is much more recent. It came out in like 2004. But uh, that, that one's always had the sort of highest uh, ratio of awesome songs. Not that their other albums aren't great. They're really diverse too. Like they have a lot of really deep contemplative, like slow songs. Then lots yeah. of really noisy rockers, which are great. And probably the best repertoire of cover songs of any band ever, because you know, like when I saw them live, like they played a Daniel Johnston song and then a Black Flag song. It was great. Oh yeah, was they've covered everybody. Black like. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them on the uh, the. Wheel Tour? Or, uh, oh, God, what was it called? I think it was just called the Wheel Tour. Yeah, but what they did was they had a wheel that they would spin at the beginning of the show, which would determine their second set. The first set was yeah. just, you know, like, Yola Tango songs. Uh, and possible outcomes of the wheel would be all songs starting with S, or all songs starting with, um, uh, like, all, all songs with a name in the title, or, which I got, which was probably the best one, which was all songs from uh, James McNew's Side Project Dump, which was uh, their bassist, James McNew, was in another band called Dump, who actually featured drums from none other than Todd Berry, the wonderful stand-up comedian. But uh, we got a whole set of Dump songs and then a set of Yolo Tango songs, which is great. But the most controversial of them was the uh, performant episode of a famous sitcom. Seinfeld. 
Yeah, where they would just, uh, they would all, uh, them and then the crew, and I think several select audience members would perform an episode of a famous sitcom episode. Or perform an episode of a famous sitcom. Like, uh, they had, yeah, they had an episode of Seinfeld, and they had an episode of, like, Cheers, and then they had one of, like, Maud, I think, or something like that. But, uh, it, it, from what I heard, is that everybody was like, oh, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna do an episode of a sitcom. But then it got really old really fast, and they just wanted them to play, like, like other Yola Tango songs, but uh, I, I think I got the best out of the bunch with uh, what I couldn't have got from with, from the Yola Tango Wheel Tour. It was great. Oh yeah, and uh, going back to the covers thing, mm-hmm. I have um, a sort of like an archive, like zip file. Somebody assembled all their uh, Sun Ra covers. Oh uh, I, wow! Yeah, and I'm a big Sun Ra fan, so yeah, that's going to last me forever. Uh huh. Um, yeah, those guys, they're like. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen their uh, "What's in My Bag" at Amoeba Records store um, yeah. uh, series, but uh, Yellow Tango's episode is great because they have like um, like Iranian garage rock, and then they have like the Turtles and stuff, and it's great. And uh, <coughs> yeah, they're a uh, very diverse taste, and it shows in their covers. They also released a great. Um, it was like a benefit show for FMU, which is probably my favorite radio station. It's up in New Jersey. And uh, it was all, like, uh, someone would call in, and for a set donation, they would play the song you requested. And, like, they did uh, Do the Tighten Up by Archie Bell and the Drells. And they, it was great. They did, like, a couple Nirvana songs, I think. It, and it, they uh, released it on this compilation called Yola Tango is Murdering the Classics, which is sort of hard to come by, but I recommend it if you can find it. Hey, Austin. Yeah? What do you like about that radio station? What kind of music is it? Uh, what it? I started out uh, digging because there is a guy on there, uh, Tom Sharpling, who hosts a show called The Best Show on WFMU. Oh, that guy, the host of Dancing with the Stars. No, no, uh, no. I, are you thinking oh. of Tom Bergeron? Oh, Tom Bergeron. <laughs> he also hosts America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> Funniest Home Videos. Right, yeah, right. That, that guy. Uh, that, 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 yeah. No, but this He's guy the is real a real talent. This guy, he um. <laughs> he's a writer and he wrote for a lot of punk zines I think in the late 80s early 90s around New Jersey he also directs music videos now he directed a couple of Titus Andronicus music videos and um, oh who else he did uh, the new pornographers video but he's great he uh, writes for adult swim shows too uh, talented dude yeah he is and uh, he has a great radio show that's quite the diverse resume right there yeah, he uh, he actually he uh, is in a, like a comedic partnership. Like uh, they write sketches and stuff with a guy named John Worcester, who's the drummer oh, of the band Superchunk, Super Chunk. Yeah. and also the drummer for uh, the Mountain Goats currently. And he also plays with Bob Mold from uh, from Husker Du in his band Sugar. Also a very diversely talented guy. Um, uh, he also you know is on the show occasionally. But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> how I started listening to FMU. But it is one of the last, like, completely freeform radio stations left in the States. Uh, like, you know, they give a DJ a show for an hour to three hours, and he'll play whatever. And that, like, often includes, you know, like, crazy harsh noise music or, you know, field recordings and stuff like that. And they also have a great uh, garage rock show that I recommend to everybody. But, yeah, it's a really great station. Wow, I've ranted for a long time about about <laughs> things. And one last, holy Christ, one last somebody, thing. Somebody take this away from me. One last thing. Oh. Um, speaking of radio, you guys know I'm a big NPR fan. And I went on to NPR's website today. And they oh, had a little advertisement. Yeah. 
yeah, for like listening to their online radio station, and it was Danny Brown, and I just like lost my stuff. Whoa! You posted that on the forum, and it was hilarious, dude. <laughs> He's just grinning at you. It's amazing. It was like my worlds collided. <laughs> that's wild. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been listening to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's been listening to Ty Siegel and pictures of Danny Brown. Cool. <laughs> Can I go next? Because absolutely, I, yeah. I have something really weird. What, what oh, Alex oh. just mentioned. If you go How on my last FM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, just <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> but it's funny because the top two artists on my last FM from this past week are Ty Segal and Yola Tango. Oh, Whoa. which is a really weird coincidence. <laughs> you guys are in love, basically. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Whatever. But we talked about those, so I'm gonna skip them. Yeah. And oh. Can... What's your we favorite right? Yola Tango? See, I just started listening to them, and I'm trying to go through them chronologically. Yeah, they you're probably of... you're gonna not want to do that. They have a lot of music. Oh, I'll yeah. get through it. Yeah, okay. Because that's the mistake I always made, which I mentioned before, is I uh, I say, I'm going to listen to this band, and I start listening chronologically, and their earlier albums are kind of not so good compared to whatever classic they have, you know, like their fourth album or whatever. And I always stop listening to them before I get to that to that classic album. I guess I've, I've listened to their first four. Yeah, uh, I actually have a CD, I think, of Ride the Tiger right here, which is uh, like sort of a jangle pop. Influence thing. Yeah. I can't I think it came out in like 1987 80. or 88. Um, but yeah, they actually have a great uh, cover of 86. the Kinks. 86, yeah, a uh, great Kinks cover, and uh, it's it's a lot more mellow. It sort of sounds like REM, I guess. Uh, <coughs> but uh, yeah, that one. And then their second one is actually a oh Christ, uh, a cover, uh, not a cover album, or maybe it is a cover album, isn't it? It's called Fake Book. No, Fake Book is. Fourth album. Oh really? Okay. Is it? Oh god, my chrono my chronology is all messed up. Was it maybe President Yola Tango? Uh no, uh, New Wave Hot Dog. Oh, that was that. I think that's the se- separate title for. They they were released together. I think they were. I don't think they were originally released together, but they were reissued together. Yeah, that's 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 the version I have. Anyway. Is this like pre-James McNew era Yola Tango? Yeah, it was. They had a guy named Dave something as their other guitarist and bassist, but uh, yeah, this is before James McNew. He's always been my favorite member of Yola Tango. So. He's really good. Stockholm Syndrome, great song. Oh, yeah, indeed. Anyway, Mark, what else have you been listening to? Uh, let's see. Next on the list is uh, Jay Retard. Of course. Of course. I, I, I was really listening to him a lot this week because I got excited because um, the documentary about him, Better Than Something, is getting a DVD release. Oh, I'm so excited for that, yeah. So I will finally be able to watch it. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to watch it and see what uh, kind of see what some people have to say about him and get a closer look at him. It seems like it'd be very depressing to watch. It probably will be. I'm fully prepared to cry. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of um, depressing uh, music documentaries that have been released recently, I think, um, uh, oh, what is it? Shut Up and Play the Hits just got released on DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a couple copies in my local record store. Oh, yeah, cool. I, yeah, I saw that in theaters, and, you know, 
uh, the the ending when they play. <clears throat> they play uh, obviously a very elongated version of um, the New York. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Yeah, yeah, and like, I, I it wasn't. For some people, it might be tear jerking, but for me, it was more like celebratory. You know, I mean, I just had like a smile on my face the whole fucking time. You know, mm-hmm. I have some interesting insight into this. Go. I was in that building during the concert on the floor. Uh, no so way! Jealous. Holy and the, shit! And the vibe was far more celebratory than sad. Yeah, exactly. Did you shed a manly tear? Um, they're my very favorite band, and I don't know if I cried, but I definitely was like feeling it, and I sort of got that it was bigger than the concert. That it, no, without the, uh, I'm afraid to sound too cheesy here, but it really was like this is my favorite band playing their last show in their hometown, whoa, um, and yeah, it was, they, they drop uh, white balloons during the, the breakdown of that song. I've and seen, it was, it, yeah, I've seen like stage footage of it. It was a moment, like it's definitely something, you know, I'll never forget or some cliche, but it was definitely like a moment. I remember yeah. like when I saw that movie, you know, before I played a song, James Murphy said, this is the last song, and then everyone was like, you know, people were like, oh, you know, and a bunch of people were like, you know, getting upset about that. And and he says something to the effect of, hey, don't, don't be don't be sad. This is the last song. Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's that's exactly how it felt. Don't it's be a- sad. This is the last song. And it should be noted that, Josh, they are your favorite band, like so much that you even named their band, your band after one of their songs. If that's I'm not true. Mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's very hard to find a band um, uh, in sort of a similar way to Radiohead, like LCD Sound System, who are just, like, so sort of good in every way. Like, they don't really have, like, a bad track. Just everything about their music is so, like, tastefully done. It's all, like, sort of, you know, immaculately produced, so well-written and everything. They're, uh, they're, they're sort of one in a million, really. It feels that way. Yeah. I'm excited yes. to see what uh, what uh, Murphy's cooking up, though. Apparently, he's doing a bunch of remixes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I saw a little interview with him. He's DJing the Coachella I... Cruise. Oh, oh, Christ. Wow, that's... Uh... A... I, can, I can literally <laughs> imagine a farther step down from having your sold-out show at MSG. And I'm surprised, you're literally DJing a cruise. Here, get on this boat. <laughs> 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 Oh Christ! Long, look, look, as, I, 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 I gotta look up the lineup for the Coachella cruise because as long as he so. plays, I'm on a boat. Oh yeah, true. I think Tom Bergeron's the headliner. Yeah, Tom Bergeron's <laughs> MC. I was looking. I think uh, I think. Cloud Cl- 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 playing. Yo, Cl- Cl- thinks, it wasn't the XX or something on. I don't think so. Cl- oh no, Pulp and Hot sure Oh wow, Grimes is on it too. Remember oh, when Pulp? Oh. Remember in remember in the mid '90s where Pulp was huge. And now they're in 2012. They're playing cruise ship with hot ship. And hey, uh, their Coachella performance was amazing. Really? It was amazing. Oh, Toki Monster is playing. Oh, I would totally book a cruise just to go hang out with Toki Monster on a boat. I have no clue who that is. She I'm is sorry. a uh, she's a uh, instrumental hip hop producer, sort of in the vein of uh, like a wonky sort of flying lotus thing. Women women can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They- <laughs> If they can vote, they can make music, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they, women can we, vote? <laughs> well, no, not in Canada, but yeah. That's true. Thank God. <laughs> also, the Black Lips. 
Like, uh, however much vomiting there is at a normal Black Slip set, there must be infinitely more on the Black Lip set at a crew. <laughs> Just love. from all the seasickness and all yeah, that going on. <laughs> yeah, in, in addition to all the drugs and alcohol, yeah. Um, okay, Mark, have you been listening to anything else? Um, yeah. I'm just going to mention one more thing. Uh, new Titus Andronicus album. I'm starting to warm up to it more than I was. So am I. Once yeah. you get over the initial kind of shock that it's really not like the monitor at all. Yeah. Then it's kind like of I, I've really been starting to warm warm up to it after that. That it's just kind of... It feels a lot more fun, I think, than the monitor does. Yeah. Just kind of fun and silly. Whereas the monitor felt like... The not monitor serious. was crushingly depressing. Yeah, it was not just, serious, but it was yeah. Exactly. Oh, it was totally serious, and it will in part. It was a total. It was a total like <laughs> it wasn't a rock opera in the vein of David Comes to Life or anything like that, but like it's like hugely ambitious for a punk album. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I that think, local business is at all a punk album, really. Uh, some tracks like uh, the yeah. first, like uh, the the second one, uh, Hot Deuce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a total punk track. I mean, until until the the end when it kind of goes into a Bruce Springsteen kind of like all the other track. tracks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like the every other track sounds like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. The only the only beef I still have with the album, and you know, I'm liking it now. I might even approach actually loving it. Um, but the only beef I still have is that I'm not a big fan of the production. It is kind of dry, and I really like the. A lot of people don't like the kind of reverb that Patrick's vocals had on the past couple albums, but now, but now his vocals, his vocals are really dry. You know what I'm saying? It's I don't know. Well, his voice, was, his vocals have gotten clearer on each album. Like in airing of grievances, it was like this sort of they're probably almost legitimately distorted, and then on the monitor, it had that sort of you know reverby uh, sort of feel to it. And this one, it's just it's normal vocals, which is weird. Yeah, 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 but but just in general, like the production just seems tighter. Drier. I, yeah, well, well, not not even really tighter. Just I don't know. I, I, I it just kind of is. You know, there's nothing about the production that's you know noteworthy. You just need to look at the songs. Whereas you know the past couple albums are really lo-fi and there's they have more effects and whatnot. And you know the, this album is more stripped down, basically. Yeah. What I'm trying to say. Mm. Can I ask a question about Patrick's nipples or whatever? Yes, sure, you can. Sure. We might doesn't, not know the answer, but doesn't he have some condition where he can like only eat four different things? Oh, what? I don't know. Is, He's that like, what, he is that what my eating disorder is about? <laughs> oh, it could be. Yeah. There's so... it, he can eat like oh, four wait. different things, but if he eats, if he strays and he eats anything other than that, he'll get like really sick. Okay, you Google cool. Patrick Stickles. First thing, Patrick Stickles' disease. Whoa. He has, and the, is the disease Patrick Stickles' eating disorder. It autofills. Huh. Huh. I did not know that. Selective eating disorder. He's only able to eat yeah. 20 different foods. Yeah, he has selective eating disorder. Okay, so it's like, it's like a mental thing. It's like obsessive-compulsive, apparently. I guess so. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Odd. That I have to listen. I'm gonna have to listen close closer to the lyrics of uh, my eating disorder now. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, I, I I honestly didn't know what that song was about, but hey, yeah. 
No, that kind of makes sense. I need their. They need to post the lyrics somewhere already because I don't feel I can really digest the album completely without having looked at the lyrics. Digest didn't. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was solid. That was that was at least six point five out of ten. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, what the hell were uh, we even talking about? What are we listening good. to? Right. Yeah. That. Someone else go. I'll go. Um, like today in particular, I've been listening to and I've been listening to um, uh, the, the the last album by uh, Drive Like Jehu, titled Yank Crime. That's that's considered their masterpiece, is it not? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I haven't heard their other stuff. That I heard it's also pretty good, but I'm kind of obsessed with it lately. It's like I wish people, I, I wish more like punk bands or post-hardcore bands or whatever, had the balls to make music like this, you know? Because uh, it's it's uh, like one band that I see kind of making music in that in this kind of vein is Cloud Nothings. I I, I see them taking some influence from Drive Like Jehu, but I mean I don't know something about their music is just really ambitious to me. Just um, how the guitars are so dissonant and just complement each other so well you know you know what i'm saying yeah that uh, that cloud nothings record i listened to it earlier in the year and i liked it a lot but um as i'm going back now and listening to all these classic post-hardcore and uh, emo bands yeah i'm sort of seeing the skeleton of where that like that record came from because it is sort of very indebted to the like the post fugazi uh emo bands it sounds a lot yeah. like that yeah definitely mm-hmm that's why I kind of hope that. Well, I've talked about I talked about uh, this before with Cloud Nothings, but I kind of hope that they, on their next album or on their future material in general, they go even, even darker and noisier with, you know, kind of the perfect chord direction because there are there are a couple tracks that are lighter, you know, and that's that's all well and good, but I, I don't know. I feel like if they went even yeah. further down that rabbit hole, they could make something like like a masterpiece. Yeah, like yeah, on on attack on memory, there are a few like really poppy sounding songs. Fallen, fallen. Stay useless is really good though. Stay useless is great. It's it's all good. I think I like pretty much every track on that album. Is wasted days not the consensus best? Well, I I agree. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even like. I like all those tracks. Yeah, wasted days is by far I think the best. Yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. the most, most hardcore like track on that album that, that I can remember anyway. Yeah. It's, just that I, refrain I, of I thought I would be more than this is just like, God damn, are you kidding me? Yeah. I still, The video of them playing that at Pitchfork Festival in the pouring rain is just the best thing ever. Ooh, I haven't <laughs> seen that. I gotta look oh, that up. It's pretty it's like great. 15 minutes long. And just like yeah, they do a crazy long song, version of it. It just starts... Pouring rain. Is that Pitchfork Fest? Yeah. yeah. Very cool, thanks. Am I the only one here that's seen them live? I haven't. No, I have. Oh, you have? Sweet. Yeah, they did uh, They did kind of a 15-minute version of that as well. Uh, when I saw them, it was, it was awesome. They, they played it pretty... They were not into the show out here at all. It was oh, a terrible really? turnout. Yeah, the venue wasn't great, and it was a really bad turnout. Like they didn't sell out the media club, which is like a three hundred capacity. 
Oh, that's lame. Yeah, people just didn't come out for it for whatever reason. And it's weird because I feel like a lot of people here in Vancouver like them, but it just the turnout wasn't good and they just weren't feeling it. You could tell, sort of half-assed. I was pretty let down. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. I feel like I should give you a hug. Well, I'll tisk, happily Vancouver. take a hug. I love. What did you say, Mark? I said tisk tisk Vancouver. Mark's right. Maybe they only <laughs> like indie pop, cloud nothings. <laughs> like their first two albums. albums. Nobody yeah. likes indie cloud pop nothings more. And if they do, fuck them. I read a couple of comments on like a YouTube video of one of their recent songs, or maybe it was one of their older songs. And um, it was only one person, but it was only the effect of, I wish they wrote music like this now. And, you know, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. Weird. I, I, I can't imagine why, just, I, I just can't imagine why. I mean, they, they, didn't sound, they didn't sound distinct at all. And now, because of this big sound change, now they're bigger than they've ever been. People don't always love bigger. Okay, well, some people like uh, familiar. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, have you done what you're listening to yet? Oh, um, what else have I been listening to? I don't know. Let me pull up my last FM because I forgot to. Take your time. While we're talking, yeah. Robbie mentioned YouTube comments. I just want to mention one I saw. It was on. <sighs> I have I have similar stories, but yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Pro, no, I don't think so. I, but <laughs> I don't. It was on a Joey Badass video. Oh, right. This and one. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what the comment was. Oh, but it was something to the effect that he's awesome. He should he should collab with ASAP Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Purple yeah. 1999. It'd be a great. I agree with day. that. <laughs> Purple night. That's oh god. Uh, well, well, all right. I see. I, I this is this is along the similar vein, but um, uh, it all right. The band Vampire Weekend. I like them a lot, but I'm not sure whether I should hate myself for liking them. Uh, I don't really? think I should. I don't think I should, because I like I like catchy songs. Uh, and I've never watched an interview or anything with the band. I literally only have their MP3s on my hard drive, and I've listened to them. And it's enjoyable music. It's like sort of tropical, you know, you know, indie pop, which is fine. Uh, but I recently uh, went to look up a track I didn't have on the uh, you know website YouTube where there are often songs that aren't on albums. And um, if you look at the comments uh, of Vampire Weekend videos, it's enough to make anybody want to like recommit Columbine because it's 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 the most sickening thing I've ever seen. I think their interviews they just in their interviews they just hit whoever's interviewing them with their Columbia degrees. Right, and then they like command their slaves around, probably. Yeah, right. but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's I I don't know. Just just to see like the full, you know, just spectrum of humanity, I, I recommend looking at YouTube comments of Vampire Weekend videos because it is truly the worst scum I've ever seen. Really? Mm-hmm. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. I I love to do that. Yeah. I might lose respect for their music, but. Whatever. Truly terrible people. Anyway, Robbie, what have you been listening to? Oh, shit. Yeah, there's that. Um, I've been listening to uh, the new Godspeed record more in depth because 
you know, but by, by this time last week, I haven't been listening to it as much. Well, I've only I, because I was kind of swamped with work, but I've listened to it much more. And my consensus is that I like it a lot. It's probably not one of my favorite Godspeed albums. Like it doesn't be one of their classics for me. But um, I think as far as you know, not that not that this excuses anything, but as far as like comeback albums go, I think it's fantastic. I like it I, a lot too. I um, I think it's my you know probably my third favorite Godspeed record, which I'm sure is shocking to no one. But um, I it, it's it's great. Yeah. How would you it might be Godspeed my second albums? favorite. Okay, how would you all rank your Godspeed albums? Well, okay. we talked about this. Me and Josh, of course, have F Sharp A Sharp as number one. F Sharp A Sharp, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm probably uh, Slow Riot for Zero Canada is probably first. Definitely first for me. Right. Um, my favorite is um, Lift Yours, Skitty Fists, like really long album titles. And that's my second. Heaven. You were almost That's there. my that's my second favorite, probably. Uh-huh. And what about you? Uh, what about what about you, Mark? What's your favorite? I've never listened to one. Oh, you should! It's a oh. great experience. Shame. Yeah. I know. They're Canadian. No, wait. No, they're not. No. Yes, yeah, they, yes are. they are. Yes, yeah. they are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of music to listen to. Ugh. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I have a similar problem. Anyway. Uh, that that opening track, uh, the one I'm not going to try to pronounce, um, is uh, probably you know in my top five Godspeed tracks, which is really not saying much in terms of Godspeed. Ooh, really? But uh, it's yeah, it's it's one of my absolute favorites. It's got that crazy dissonance, and then that sort of uh, you know vaguely Middle Eastern sounding uh, guitar line. It's it's great. It's probably you know it's up it's up there. Just the string the strings on that one where. It kind of goes into a part where it's like, do, do, do. It just kind of goes in on a descending line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave me chills. It's such an epic track. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of my know, favorite thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One of my favorite things about Godspeed is that they'll use like a really tight or tiny little sample. And you'll have no idea what it's about. But after you listen to the song, you're like, oh, my God, I need to know everything there is about this sample. Like, I need to know the history of it. It like drives you crazy. It's true, yeah. And a lot of those are really hard to come by. Like, I've seen conversations about who is reading the monologue in the opening of Dead Flag Blues, and there's no general consensus on who it actually is. Which I always yeah, well, thought was interesting. Yeah, like, one of the one of the creepiest moments of samples, it's on the second track of Lift Your Skinny Fists. Yeah, Static. Um, yeah, um, where it's some woman um, reading a sermon, but her, her voice is like pitch shifted so she's you know really low pitched and yeah she talks about knowing knowing when the apocalypse is coming or something and seeing words that aren't in your bibles yet mm-hmm. and just freaky shit and when it goes into the next track it's like the soundtrack to what to the insanity of what she's talking about mm-hmm. I, I, like something similar to that is um uh but even like a thousand hundred t- thousand times creepier is the uh, vocal samples in uh, Soundtracks for the Blind, the Swans album, because those are just make your skin crawl. And how they got them is that the uh, the sort of industrial music goddess who was collaborating a lot with uh, Swans on that album, named Jarbo, uh, her, her dad was a CIA 
officer or worker. Uh, I don't I don't know what they are, but uh, he did a lot of like phone taps and stuff. And he had these tapes lying around the house always, so just these bizarre conversations, which are what you hear on uh, soundtracks for the blind. Is this legal you know, to distribute? I, I have <laughs> no idea. I have no idea, but it doesn't sound like. It. Appa- apparently, they had been declassified by the time that album had come out. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, swans, <laughs> swans does whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. As yeah, uh, as always, swans they will. Uh, you know, if you're headbanging at the show, they'll beat the shit out of you, and they'll also steal classified CIA, CIA tapes and release them to the public. It's great. <laughs> that that was that was what uh, that was what Gira was known for. If you headbanged at a Swan show in the '80s, he would he would well on you. Anyway, uh, I will say uh, just because we were talking about it, my favorite uh, Godspeed moment is after Dead Flag Blues when um, East Tasting start. Uh, it has the bagpipes playing that same melody that was sort of the uh, the first movement of Dead Flag Blues. That's like my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, and it, it's that quote of it sounds like the uh, the oh, I don't know, even know what language it is, uh, but that guy sort of you know prophesizing. And, and that that's, that has an excellent effect, and that's just one that sticks out to me. Anyway, yep. <laughs> Robbie, what else have you been listening to this week? Well, um, it's, not, it's not what I'm listening to, but like, uh, you just talked about this album again, and I feel really bad that I'm a fan of this band, but I haven't listened to this album. So I just I'm downloading it right right now. Hopefully, it, it won't fuck with the podcast or anything. I've done it before. That's but I'm, download, I'm downloading soundtracks for the blind because I feel really like unhappy with myself that I haven't listened to it yet, mm-hmm. and I, I I you know attest to being a Swans fan. So, hopefully, I'll have that sin cleared up. It's, a, it's it's a uh, it's an experience. It's you know. Do either of you like Filth, their first record? Uh, I, I really love, didn't. Like. Hell I love yeah! Filth. That's uh, that's that's where I, that was my jumping off point for Swans. That's where I first started listening to them. Yeah, Holy Money, Cop, Young God. Public castration is a good idea, which is maybe <laughs> the most like hateful misanthropic record ever made. Except for maybe like some you know true cult black metal album, but it's uh it's certainly not pleasant to listen to if you're not into that sort of thing. Yeah, that might be the best. <laughs> that might be the best album title of all time, though. Public castration is a good idea. I I, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Not yep. not with not with the statement, but with the album title being the best. Yeah. I don't uh, know, man. I... Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. Anyway, uh, so who's up next? Josh? Josh, why don't you tell us what you've been listening to? Uh, Tom Bergeron. Right. No, his lovely, no, lovely his, voice. His records were great because he had that great sort of, you know, like uh, Shoegaze Dream Pop album in 97, and then he completely <laughs> took it the other way with that uh, Chamber Pop Harsh Noise album. My favorite is his black metal album. Right. That, yeah. Tom Bergeron black metal album. That was he the did, title. He, as far as I'm concerned, Tom Bergeron black metal album. Uh-huh. As far as I'm concerned, uh, when when AFV got canceled, and uh, you know, you, you could tell he had some pent up anger, and the the hardcore Tom Bergeron was inevitably my favorite. Right, it's the term. It's the the Tom Bergeron beat down hardcore album. It's great. Exactly right. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm not gonna bore you guys. Uh, Godspeed as well. I think it's awesome. Uh, 
listening a ton to the old uh, Blonde Redhead album, Mis- uh, Melody of Certain Damaged Lemons, I think it's called, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Melody of Certain Something. Uh, and I forgot how much I like Blonde Redhead. I love those albums. Oh, they're uh, great. So I was I was knee-deep in that. Uh, the Godspeed album, uh, still loving up on the Death Grips. And this band called, I think... If I'm not mistaken, Austin, you're a you're a serious guy, right? You use internet or rather satellite radio sometimes. I do, yeah. And do you ever listen to XMU? Uh, that's my station of choice. Uh, okay, when great. When it's not absolutely making me furious with all the hipster bullshit that it, you know, entails. <laughs> See, that's when I'm happiest. But anyway, <laughs> it's uh, they do a download fifteen. Yeah, uh, I listen to that a... show occasionally. Jake Fogelnest oh, hosts it. Yeah, Jake Fogelnest download fifteen, exactly right. And they had a, a song on there by a band called I think it was The Babies, maybe. You think I'd be, I, I'm sure I could find it easily enough. Oh, it's but... it's a new song, right? It yeah, new song. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I really like that song. And then uh, I got a copy of the new Diamond Rings record, which uh, is is oh. it's weird. How is it? It's like Madonna. I was going to say, it probably sounds, it's probably going to be, like, way more well-produced than his yeah, first it's, record. It's, like, the first, it's only similar to the first record in that it's poppy, but it's, it's like, blown up and overproduced. Yeah. I'm not wild about it, which is too bad, because I, I really like um, the, what was it called, Special Affections? Yeah. Um, I, so, yeah, I, I'm listening to that, and it's whatever, and yeah, that's what I'm listening to. I like special affections a lot too. Yeah, and like one a, of the things I liked about it was just that kind of like bedroom pop feel that it had. Well, yeah, it, it, which do you guys I imagine my, is getting totally lost here. Yeah, well, do you yeah. guys remember my my interview with Anthony Fantano? We talked about that album a little bit. Uh, what well, that was? Might, that was that literally was so almost a whole ago. year ago. Yeah. He. Anyway, he sums it up really well where he goes. He liked that it felt underproduced and almost sort of robotic but intentionally and me too like the opening track on that play by heart like i absolutely adore that song and there's just like nothing you would not use bare bones to describe this album anywhere yeah um i'm seeing so, it yeah December. are you excited yeah do you know who's who's opening is that what you were gonna say i think you Hello? joshua Shoot. So much for his internet connection, huh? I think oh. he was going to ask if I knew who was opening. Oh, how the tables have turned. He said, do you know who? And I heard that, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Um, All right. I saw a show with him and Twin Shadow. They've been oh, played together here like... twice. And both times it was so good. And... Uh, <laughs> I was just hoping like that was the perfect pairing. We we it, talked about Twim Shadow, who seems to be a huge dick, from what I've what I've, <laughs> I, uh, what I what I've seen from him. You want a podcast exclusive? Oh 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 yes, I do. So is Diamond Rings. He is an asshole. Really? Wow, an really asshole. Nice guy. All these he famous is, no, celebrities. I promise he is not a nice guy. He wow. is a prick. Did you meet him? I have met him on more than one occasion, and uh, you regret this, it every time. No, no, I mean, like, I don't like his music, but he's just like you would not enjoy speaking with him. And he walks around like he's David Bowie, like he's just like, oh, I'm so poor. Oh my god! 
and so it's yeah no he is uh but that said i those both of those shows were so nice i like special affections so much and i like confess a ton about twin shadow too so nothing bad to say about either of those guys i well, i will say this about twin shadow i just want to take a lawnmower to his hair <laughs> I was uh, okay, uh, I, I guess I'm up now. Uh, okay, what has Austin been listening to this week? That's uh, a good question. That is, it is a question for the ages. Philosophers have guess? long pondered. Uh, what has Austin been listening to this week? You can guess. You can guess. Sure, guess. Uh, you, you finally uh, found in your heart uh, the Foster the People album. Uh, no, no, I'm still wiping my ass with the liner notes. Okay. Uh, oh. Oh, the the new Maroon Five single. Uh, yep, no, no, not not no, not at all. Third time's the a charm. Good. ASAP. It is a fact. It is. It's it's ASAP. Yep. I've been you know collecting every song I can. All the ASAP mob mob can't get enough of it. Actually, no. I've been listening to more uh, power violence, emo, uh, early hardcore, all that good stuff. And I will talk about this because uh, I went to a show. Well, I went to two shows this weekend. I went to a show called the Holy Ghost Tent Revival, who are a um, uh, sort of a folky type punk band. Uh, it's, yes, ASAP Power Violence. Uh, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why you didn't say that out loud. Um, ASAP Power Violence. Yeah, I went to uh, Holy Ghost Tent Revival, who are sort of a uh, folk type punk band, uh, airing a little bit close to. Uh, a little bit too close to Mumford and Sons type stuff for my liking, but I had a good time. It was a great show. And uh, Saturday was more my speed, where my local, uh, and by local I mean local, I mean like I walked to it because it was a mile away. Uh, Masonic Lodge was having a uh, hardcore festival called the Suburban. I have the, <coughs> I have the flyer right here, the Suburban Nightmare Festival 2012. None of us can see the flyer. No, but I, I'm reading off the flyer. See that information will reach you via my voice. Uh, playing uh, the Super Nightmare Festival, uh, Abuse and Last Words, who are two great power violence bands from uh, Raleigh, where Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm from. Uh, Just Die, who are a cool Asheville-based uh, hardcore, have this very sort of nice uh, emotional sort of um, uh, positive edge on uh, on their music. It was great, you know. They had a very charismatic frontman. Uh, Drunk in a Dumpster. Now, Drunk in a Dumpster are sort of like a cool crossover thrash band from also Asheville. But the guy who sings for them booked the show. And his, his name is David, and he's this, um, like, 50-year-old uh, big kind of fat guy. And I love old punk rockers. They're, like, my favorite thing ever. Uh, and he was great. He was an excellent front man. And also a couple other bands, uh, including No Tomorrow, Random Conflict, uh, Commonwealth of Native Americans, and uh, Mutilation Rights, who you may have heard of, Robbie, or a black metal band from Brooklyn. But they play this kind of black metal that's, like, uh, like, Almost like like hardcore in its like you know complete like speed. It's just twenty four seven blast beats and screaming, which I like in black metal. I you know I hate the f- symphonic stuff and I hate the folk stuff like I've mentioned <laughs> so much on this podcast. Uh, in fact, I think the majority of this uh, podcast, like every episode, has been me complaining about folk metal. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was very aggressive. Um, uh, you know, misanthropic black metal, which I'm a fan of. And it was all taking place in the basement of this Masonic Lodge in Nowheresville, North Carolina, where I live, which is great. <laughs> I'm, gonna, uh, 
I'm gonna totally message you or just just link you a bunch of a bunch of folk metal bands that I know you will just love. Mm. Is, hey, it, is it like Vindir or Windir? Because I've listened to them and I hate them. Yeah, yeah. What's that, Josh? <laughs> Do you know the punk band DOA? Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Actually, I have yeah. both their LPs. They were the one of the Canada's, first, yeah Canada's finest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hard, Hardcore 81 is a great album, I think. I just want to... You, you might get a tickle out of this. If you like old punk rockers, Joey Shithead uh, is running yeah, he's for... Running. Uh, yeah, he's running for council here in Vancouver. Oh, like, much like Jello Biafra did in San Francisco. Joey Shithead. Exactly. Uh, now, is he running under that name? No. Joey He's running under Joseph Shithead. Can I tell a story? Come on. Keep it classy. Yeah, what's what's that, Josh? Can I tell a funny story or is this interrupting you? Oh no, no, go ahead. I have nothing to say. It's interrupting. <laughs> Shut up, Rob. <laughs> so, uh, a friend of mine is in a band called Ono Yoko, and they were on and this is years ago when we were in high school, and they are are there any other Canadians on the podcast right now? Mark. Mark. Oh my man Mark's here, right. Mark, you know the channel C B C. The Canadian Broadcast Network. I may have watched the CBC a time or two. <laughs> they did a program called CBC on the Coast, which was trying to find the best high school band in British Columbia. And uh, my band got cut before the TV portion, I think first round, because we sucked. But uh, my friends in Ono Yoko made it to the final three, and one of the judges was Joey Shithead. Oh. And they- they consistently referred to him as Shithead Joe on TV. Joe. And it was really funny telling him to just see Everett up there and be like, hey, yeah, thanks for the score, Shithead Joe. Shithead Joe, name of the podcast. Shithead Joe. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I know. that was that was much better than I think it could be. What 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 band were you in high school? Was this also all my friends? No, 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 no. Uh, what were we, we were Venom Werewolf? And, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! Venom Werewolf? Denim, denim, <laughs> denim. Oh, okay. That's even, that's even better. Worse. Christ! <laughs> I was the first. I wore uh, like a, a wife beater and then like a jean vest over. <laughs> uh, and uh, we played like ever heard and we thought we were so cool and uh yeah i mean you all can imagine the i was in a metal band before that and then went to denim werewolf okay what well, denim werewolf what would you compare them to oh nothing good it was terrible like uh guys who would uh listen folk metal? <laughs> yeah folk metal yeah. no like uh, punk rock played by people who weren't very good at their instruments yet because they were 15 um, What's the best kind of punk rock? You know what? It really, really. was recorded on a snowball US, or a USB microphone. Okay, wow. Like, this sounds like exactly the kind of album that I would own. Uh, you might, like, Austin might have been our one fan back yeah, then. Yeah, I'm probably uh, the only Last FM Scrabbles you've ever had. We, we had a song called Rock Out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this oh is adorable. <laughs> it, it was, it was uh, are there any recordings that still exist of Denim Werewolf? A hard drive, but nowhere else. I have looked on the internet. There isn't even a MySpace. You know, you know. I think these kind of need to be uploaded, like around immediately thereabouts. I think, I think, I think the world needs to know about Denim Werewolf. 
I take enough shit off Twitter for how bad my music is. I don't... <laughs> okay, fuck. Okay, fuck shithead Joe. Denim werewolf. Yeah. Denim... Oh, what about what about the the, the highly collector shot after uh, shithead Joe denim werewolf collab? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Great song, yeah. We the a the B side to that was really a uh, you know a, a rarity. It's worth holding on to. Mm-hmm. Tom Berger love- also did some death bass work on it. I think. Featuring the ASAP Mob. Yeah, featuring ASAP Mob. They were all eleven at the time. ASAP Power Violence. That uh, are they, aren't they still mentally eleven? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what Scissor oh, does to you. That that's only the most mature ones. We enjoy some denim werewolf, that's for sure. Uh, what about your metal band, Josh? Tell us about your metal band. Oh, there's nothing to say. We had a uh, my friend Jesse, who is now he's still he's quite a good guitar, or I'd say he's a very good guitar player. Like not the music I like, but he can play very fast and like any virtually any metal song on the planet he can play. Um, so he was you know very good at guitar. And I was very mediocre at drums. Uh, but we sort of thought, hey, Jesse's so good at guitar that I'll play drums and Brian can play bass. And we can sort of just rest on Jesse's laurels. So it was Jesse riffing, Brian playing bass and singing, and me playing. I, I was a jazz, like my parents had me in jazz drumming. So then I was I listened to some metal music and then tried to play what I thought metal drums were. It was just as bad as you could possibly imagine. Let me... I- I have to say that the thought of 15-year-old Josh uh, behind the drum kit, pair of sticks in hands, maybe he's got like some sort of amateurish corpse paint on, and just <laughs> just going as hard as he possibly can, just trying to get a good blast beat going. I, it, it, it literally makes me die of cute, I think. It was, it was much that. I can't even remember what we were called. I think it was like Brotherhood or something. <laughs> wow, that's pretty oh. Oh, I've, Jesus. I've had a run of being in oh, bands with terrible names. It's unbelievable. I've never been in a band with a good name. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Denim Werewolf is sort of subjective, but uh, I, I would consider that maybe... No, I would consider that the best band name of all time, yeah. <laughs> all I can think of when I hear that... Does anyone watch It's Always Sunny? Yeah. yeah. All I, I can think of is the Denim Chicken. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's all I've been thinking of this whole time. He said together, but yes. Denim <laughs> oh, so. werewolf. I, I will. I will literally scour every bit of internet for those demos. They have to be somewhere. Uh, there's there's another guy who's got something called denim werewolf. When I searched, he had like one song on Bandcamp. Oh wow. That's not me. <laughs> Something up with that name, also. Some somehow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I've been in billions of bands, man. All each as shitty as the last. Oh come on! I, I've heard, I've heard your, uh, your all my friends work. It's delightful. You hate it. Don't lie. I, I love it. I love <laughs> every oh, note. Uh, there's no way you would like it. There's just no way. Robbie would hate. No oh, way. Oh, I want Robbie on video listening to one of our albums. <laughs> that, that's what I want. And the scowls and the cowers dial up that connection. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You know what? I'll do it. Message, oh, message it to me, and I will so, listen so to it. Great. And I will record my reaction. Oh, Ravi, I, I don't want to put you through it. I'm not proud of it, and it's not your style at all. So why would I? There, there's no. I don't way. give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want to like hear this. Shit. 
I'm heading into the studio in two weeks, and I'll have a new album up with a different band, and, and I'll, I'll get Austin to review that. Oh, really? Okay, this is turning into uh, Interview Josh about his upcoming Ventures podcast. What's this new new record about? It's nothing. Let's go. Next. Okay, okay, okay. Being all secretive. No, um, I'll talk about it, but it's just boring <laughs> podcasting. Who wants to listen to me yammer on about some, some nonsense? People on the, I don't. I, I just what 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 kind of music? It is the same sort of uh, poppy synth uh, stuff it's, you've been doing before. It, no, it's Old metal. Bergeron core. It's Bergeron It's uh. I'm trying to think of who I'd compare it to. Um, maybe. You know, Foles. Yeah, I do know Foles. Yeah. Kind of yeah. funk. Kind of rocky, uh, but not in like a Chili Peppers way at all. That sounds awful. I would say like Foles is the closest thing I can think of. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good band to compare it to. Although you have in yeah. fact had a run in with the, uh, what was it, the front man of Foles? Wow, how do you remember that? Oh well, I mean, uh, we I, li- about I live and breathe this podcast, Josh. Way back. That's yeah. Yanis uh, came and hung out in my basement one day. It was it was very weird. Yeah. It was actually awesome. It was. I was so. Did I tell you the beer story? Yeah, you got it. You got a drink in the face, if I re- remember correctly. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> that that might have been from a separate instance. Anyway. Oh no no this this was this was the nonsense about he uh you you gave him a drink literally out of your mouth right? Uh, yeah, exactly right. He said, "Hey man, could could I get a beer?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, sure. Here you go." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so oh, who, was, who was the guy who gave you a, a face full of liquor? Uh, that was uh, Graham from Tokyo Police Club. Oh, really? Uh, uh, I no, I have friends who I have uh, I have friends who are fans of Tokyo Police Club. I'll, I'm going to use this story to uh, you know to make waves in my social circles. This is great. I love Tokyo Police Club, man. I really like them. They're really fun live. Yeah, lots. lots <laughs> Clapping, lots of yeah, it's it's great. I really respect them as a band. I like them a lot. Uh, what about what about what about you, Mark or Robbie? Have you ever played in a band before? Yeah, I played in like uh, I played in a blues rock band cool. when I was when I was in high school. We didn't really do much. We played one show at the school, and that's kind of about that's kind of about it. And like we, we practiced the whole time as a four piece. But you know, around the sh- the showtime, uh, two of the members had quit, kind of <laughs> without me even knowing until the day of the show. So, and then um, and then plus, I I didn't know any of the songs. My my guitarist just wrote the songs, and he kind of played them for me a little bit beforehand. But I pretty much had to improvise all of it. Um, oh, oh that was a drummer. Were you so uh, nervous? Sorry. Were you very nervous? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, sorry, I don't remember to be honest with you. But um, it seemed to go off okay. I mean, it was at some stupid art show at my school, so it, it wasn't like a big. It wasn't like a real gig. Sure. You know, but yeah, that was kind of that was kind of a farewell performance. And it, <laughs> it was, was only debut and farewell. Yeah, but actually, me and a friend of mine. Um, uh, she plays guitar and, and uh, screams. We're thinking of forming like a screamerish band with me on drums. Oh, cool! I'd love to hear that. Yeah, this is this sounds like something that has potential. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, more. But um, we actually had a pretty badass name. Uh, my blues rock band. We were, um, we were, we were um, martyrs and madmen. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Before that, we were we we considered uh, she's lost control based on the the Joy Division song, but. Whoa, uh, what 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 blues rock band for a high school show are you naming after a Joy Division song? Why is this a yeah. thing that's happening? Yeah, yeah, that, that's why we didn't go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that, that was our name for two weeks. Okay, calm down, calm down. <laughs> well, what about what about you? Where's your demo? Where where can I buy it on cassette? Oh, um, never made a recording. Oh. Probably for the best. And then I think in the summer, in the summer of two thousand six, I played guitar in, in this band I'm talking about here. I was in this uh, sort of music. Um, well, I, I was in the, I was in this program that was put on by a music store in my area that uh, I haven't been to in a long time actually. Where like they well, people you know people sign up kids sign up for this and they put you in a band like you know. Uh, like they form a band out of people who signed up for this. So like there's two people on guitar and then a, a singer, a bassist, and a drummer. And uh, that only lasted the summer because, you know, we just practice, record something, and then play a show um, where kind of all the bands went. And we had, the, we had the most dumbass name of all time. We were Dark Angel. Oh. After the terrible TV uh, show? Uh, no, actually. Um... I don't know why we were called that, but we were called that. Um, but yeah, we just did a. On their voice. What? That <laughs> thing. Auto tune. Sounds. It sounds auto tuned. <laughs> um, I'm just. My... I'm playing with my T Pain app. Sorry. No. Okay. Out of boy. You know, I can anyway. guarantee. I can guarantee you that there is at least one decent death metal album by a band called. Dark Angel, or at least like a thrash type something. Yeah, probably. Yes, I agree. Um, all we did was okay. We wrote one original song, and then we played a Green Day cover, which yeah, you know, tells, yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, what was the other thing we did? We did an Eric Clapton cover. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that was pretty much it. I think, I think the game Guitar Hero probably based its track selections around what you were playing at the time. <laughs> That's probably exactly true. Uh. <laughs> okay, guys, I need to take off. I apologize. Um, I hope you all have lovely oh. evenings. Robbie, I'm sorry we didn't get to get into it tonight. And, uh, yeah, I will talk to you all very soon. Cool. See you, Josh. Later. All right. Later, have a great man. night. I love, love you, Josh. I, I love you. Bye. Bye. God damn it, I missed Josh already. Yeah. Uh, Come back! Now that our one well interesting... Hear us. <laughs> yeah, now that our, our source of interesting conversation is gone, we should probably uh, move on to talking about something. How about the musical pet peeves thing? I like that. Yeah. Um, I have one to start off. Okay, uh, well, the, the, t- the topic we decided to go with, um, you know, now that we obviously can't continue conversation because Josh is gone, 
is uh, musical pet peeves, things in music, you know, be it songwriting techniques, production, whatnot, that annoy you and, uh, you know, that, that, that pet your peeves, so to speak. Uh, Mark, you seem, you seem to have one that you're itching to get off your chest. Hidden tracks. Oh, oh, I hate hidden tracks, too. That's, like, so ah. useless now. There's no yep. point to a hidden track in when everybody listens to music on their computer slash iPod, whatever. You can see how long the track is. Right. <laughs> I, I understand I it, kind of, when, like, say when people are only listening to music on CDs and you really couldn't see the track length. And, but then, even then, it's not like hidden tracks are usually great at all. Can I tell you guys about the greatest hidden track of all time? Sure. You can try. Weird Al Yankovic on one of his albums. There was the last song, and then it, there's silence, right? Because the, the album's over. There's about ten minutes of silence where it's assumed that the listener has either fallen asleep, so they haven't turned off the record, right? So there's ten minutes of silence, and then it's just screaming as loud as he possibly can. It, yeah, I've heard of, I've heard about this. It's essentially a <laughs> bow track after. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so but usually you're just like sitting around for like ten minutes, and then you get like thirty seconds of some fucking piano. And that's like, I remember, like I remember when um, the last Beach House album leaked. Uh, I'm probably the only Beach House, the only person that gives a shit about Beach House on the on here. Hey, but I love Beach House. Love Beach. And oh, Josh, you do. Josh probably likes Beach House too. Just an assumption. Oh my. Okay, awesome. Because I, because I know that there is a league of people on the boards and people who work for White PRIW that don't have much of a taste for Beach House. I was going to get probably left. Working them. implies we get paid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Contributors, let's say, or maybe even just slaves. Good point. But anyway, when that leaked, um, the last track, the hidden track, one, and I, I don't know why, but like, I didn't know that. So the last track was listed at 17 minutes. So I was excited. I thought, oh, holy shit, they wrote a 17 minute song. This is some Godspeed shit going on. But no, it was like six minutes and then, you know, a lot of silence and then a hidden track. Yeah, I, I think some Dream Pop Odyssey. And it's like, uh, that's it. Like I think, I think a band that I like a lot called uh, Menomina, they um, on the last couple albums they put kind of a pseudo hidden track on there, but like it's after ten seconds after the song ends, and it's kind of like a nice little goodbye, and that that I think is okay. That I think is kind of okay, but when you're you're wasting time and wasting you know space because that adds to you know if you're downloading music that adds to the the, the whole size of the album. Um, it's such a waste of everything. Yeah, one of one of my least, uh, well, one of my least favorite examples because I love the album is uh, "Return to Sea by Islands" or "Return to the Sea by Islands." I mean, I love the album, but it's not like the last track kills it for me. But it doesn't add anything. It just kind of results in the album just kind of petering out and you don't really care that it's over. Even That's, though I think it's a great album, but... Can I talk about a pet peeve I have? Go for it. 
Okay, I I hate this so much. Fade outs. Oh God, I I completely agree. There, there's I'm like, ne- sorry, sorry, go on. There's never been a song with a fade out that couldn't have been made better by. Yeah. Or unless it's like some you know epic post rock thing, but even then, you know, if it's ending on such like a, uh, like a you know, uh you know a crescendo, I think you know fade out is not the way to go. Honestly, like one of the what, one of my least favorite examples of this was, um, <laughs> well, I I couldn't go a whole podcast without talking about Converge. Yeah. But um, have any of you? I mean, I'm, I doubt Mark or Alex have. But Austin, have you listened to Jane Doe by Converge? I did. The I actually album? listened to it some today. Okay. It's a perfect album as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's one, great. One of the best. Yeah. But, I mean, and this, doesn't, this doesn't change it from being perfect to me. But the last track, which is called Jane Doe, which is amazing, it has a fade out. And I'm like, come on. This is like the only flaw on an otherwise perfect picture. Just, yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, you know what the last time it notably bothered me was was Centipede Hurts on Amanita. The last it ended with a fade out, and it's oh, yeah. because no, it doesn't. I think it does. Oh, it but I, it fades out like really abruptly, right? I I, I remember it being kind of jarring because like because it, like, it, it is what is possibly um, the last Animal Collective song like ever put to, to put to tape. And I think ending it with a fade out is sort of, you know, I don't know. It wasn't as graceful as it could have been, in my opinion. A band that I like a lot um, called um, Sugar. I don't know if anybody listens to them. I, 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 I like some like stuff, them. dude, but I can't get on board with Meshuggah. And I apologize okay. for that. Okay. It's fine that they're not the most, they're not the most, whatever. There are people that like them, people that don't. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they, have, they have a fucking fetish for fade outs. And like, it's the most annoying thing in the, in the universe. Yeah. Fade out. Yeah. Okay. Go, go, Alex. Go. <laughs> I hate synth- uh, synthesized strings in my black metal. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> you know That's I was gonna. I, I brought this up on this podcast before we even started talking about this. But seriously, this is probably the worst for someone who's trying to get into black metal. Just that. Yeah. Why, like, okay, if you're going to use synthesizers, which I'm fine with, why do you have to make them the, the worst, like, synthesized string presets that, that are out there? Because there's very, very few black metal albums that actually have decently created synth sounds. Exactly. It, it's just, it just shouldn't be in the genre whatsoever. Yeah, and, like, I, I'm not one of those, you know, sort of uh, Dark Throne, you know, militant... Uh, you know, black metal must be such and such, or else it's not black metal. I'm open to experimentation, but not experimentation that makes me feel like a man-child when I listen to it. I can't really relate to that, but yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, it's just the, the symphonic black metal. This is the last time I'm going to say it. I hate symphonic black metal. There, we're done. Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, Alex, did you actually have one? Um, I used that to stall so I could think of one, and I still haven't, so come back to me. I will. Uh, all right, Mark, did you have one? Oh, wait, you already went. Anybody else? Austin, do you have I, one? I do have one, actually. Um, as someone who listens to a lot of um, uh, hardcore punk rock, uh, you get to you know, get get a feel of the sort of 
production values and more often than not lack thereof of uh, that that you know that uh, appear constantly in hardcore albums and demos in particular. And uh, what bothers me the most is um, a the guitars are always uh, the treble is too high and they're too low in the mix. You can never hear like a thick solid guitar. It's always like it sounds like some you know post punk just you know uh, just goofing around. Yeah. Which bothers me because you know if you want to get a thick full sound, which is what most people prefer, I'm assuming out of a hardcore punk album, it, it's always too low. And the bass, uh, oh my Christ, uh, hard, when it's done well, bass in a hardcore song is like the best thing. You have these fantastic bass lines, you slap some distortion on there, you get this, you know, that thick rattle. It's great, but the amount of, you know, bass uh, players on hardcore records that just have it's like it vibrates so much it just clicks like you, there's just Ooh. it's just a constant series of clicks and there's no bass to it and i don't i don't know if i'm explaining this well because you know i'm not uh i'm not uh you know steve albini here but it that that bothers me a lot i relate i relate yeah uh, something along along the lines of like <clears throat> i'm sorry of like um hardcore music I don't like when bands over you and and, and and these can be these can be done really badly and these can be done really goodly. I just said that, didn't I? But goodly um, is a word, but not in the way you used it. <laughs> yeah. But uh when bands overuse breakdowns, it can be very monotonous and boring. Mm -hmm. Like a band I've talked about that I've like that that I like is a uh, Shabalba. Yeah. I don't really I don't really love them, but you know, I think that they have a. I think they actually have a really good sound. You know, as far as the guitars, the guitars and whatnot, you know, just a really great full thick sound. But there, they have songs where the entirety of it is a breakdown. <laughs> and the thing is, you, for a breakdown, you need to build something up first. That's, That's why the it's called point. A breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it just kind of got to the point where a lot of the breakdowns sounded the same. You know. And, mm -hmm. and and there are a ton of bands that fall into that into that mold, fortunately. I thought of my puppy. Oh, go, go. Go ahead. That is what a hand clap sounds like. I don't like it when producers this is especially prevalent in hip hop, when they like defile the sound of a hand clap. Because I really like hand clapping the sound of it. And it pisses me off when they mess with it. Okay, here's here's where here's where I that's the strangest thing I've heard that's a all the very all specific. Podcasts. Yeah, okay, well, okay, but because all right, I can understand where in your sort of you know uh, your indie rock and your indie pop songs where it'll be like the you know the hand clap like the you know th they have that as like added percussion, but in hip hop the hand clap has a like a totally different connotation because it's part of that eight oh eight you know, drum kit. Like, there's the, that classic bass, there's the classic, you know, synthesized cowbell, and then the, you know, the, the tinny snare, and then there's the hand clap. Like, it's like a sound, it's part of the 808. Yes, which I know is, that. It's, know got it's, a, it's got a rich and deep history. Like, you could write a book on that hand clap. But it's been transformed <laughs> to this ugly tra Frankenstein monster, <laughs> where, like, you shouldn't really refer to it as a hand clap. It's like its own completely different monster thing now. I can see what see, you mean. as... You see, as ridiculous as I think this is, I, I, I can see where you're coming from, uh, from a distance. Like, 
it usually, maybe this isn't what, what, what you're even talking about, but it annoys me a little bit in hip-hop, especially kind of like trap-style hip-hop, where like the snare hits are like 20% louder than anything else in the mix, which makes it harder to listen to. I have no clue if that's what you're talking about, but like that bugs me. I just like the sound of two hands clapping, and I don't like it being messed with. Like, elaborate on how it's messed with. You're so, the only person uh, to ever have that problem. Well, they add a bunch of effing reverb and, like, weird effects on it, and they pitch shift it, and it's like, ugh. Oh, no, I like he, that. Like, Clams Casino. He, he, the pitch yeah, shift claps, that's he, great. That's one example, and I will permit him to do it. But there are, for, for every Clams <laughs> yeah. Casino, there's a bunch of people who defile it. There's a Lex Luger or something. How long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> Enough for me to really finish my rant on folk metal. Really digging deep on that one. Yeah. I was just scrolling through my iTunes. I'm like, oh, the new Dirty Projectors. I like that album a lot. Why, why do I like that album? And it's the hand claps. <laughs> I'll give you the hand claps on that album are pretty good. I think uh, there, there's some minimalist composer that did that once. Just made a song out of hand claps. It might be Philip Glass, actually. I don't know. I think this is probably the best way to wrap up the podcast. Oh, Christ. This took a downward spiral. Everybody, from all us here at Your Podcast Opinion is Wrong... We thank you for listening and clapping along with us. Episode 34. Me, Austin. Mark. <laughs> oh my Christ. Somebody say your name. Say goodbye. Alex. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Josh leaves and we literally start clapping to ourselves. Okay, Mark says goodbye, Robbie says goodbye, Alex says goodbye, me, Austin, says goodbye. Episode 35, Podcast Opinions Wrong. Goodbye, everybody. It's been fun. Podcast over. <laughs>